Good afternoon, folks. This is Andrew Gomison, and I am grateful to be with you for yet another Speaking For Him podcast. Hoping it will be our best best yet. I know there will be a little bit of controversy probably in what I have to say. So I'm just going to say right off the top that the views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of JQ99. So no angry hate mail or phone calls to them. Although I think that um, they would agree with a lot of what I had to say. But I wanted to get that out right in the beginning. And I have um, my faithful sidekick Adam with me. This afternoon, Adam, are you ready to discuss this fun topic? I am, yes. Thank you, Andrew, for having me. I appreciate it. All right, well, we're going to get started. And today's topic um, is about uh, the election uh, for 2012. As we know, it's a presidential election. And I know that there's a lot of negativity flying around, and a lot of people just don't want to hear about politics and about the candidates anymore. Some of them are like, I've made my decision. Others just say, don't vote, don't be involved. And so we're just going to unpack some of that. And hopefully we can be a help to you without being too uh, adversarial or controversial. Because as Christians, we are called to love one another and not engage in useless debates. But we are also, I believe, called to uh, be guardians of our country, especially since it came from a Judeo-Christian ethic. So it's very important. I think what we have to say today is very important. I'm just going to start with a brief prayer, and then we'll begin. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the fact that we live in a free country. And as we discuss these issues, Lord, I pray that you would do so with your heart and have a proper attitude um, toward one another and that we would really think on these things and not just pe- toss them aside. Thank you for this opportunity in this venue. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, before we get started uh, in a major way, I'd just like to go through some of the history of voting. Because I think some of what gets lost in all the rhetoric and all the mudslinging and all the discussions among peers is the fact of the tremendous privilege that we have to vote. There's a lot of countries today that are under dictatorships and haven't had a chance to vote for anybody for a long time, if ever. And so the idea that we have a personal say in who will help run our country is actually something very precious. Uh, Here's some of the provisions that the Constitution lays out for being allowed to vote. Uh, Birth is a provision that guarantees you the right to vote. If you were born here, says all persons born or naturalized are citizens of the U.S. and the U.S. state where they reside, according to the 14th Amendment in 1868. And so, therefore, that is one of the ways that you are given right to vote by being a natural citizen. Um, and then in the 15th Amendment, in 1870, you were guaranteed to be able to vote regardless of what, what race you were on whether you are black or not, because there was a time, sadly, when black people were not allowed to vote in this country. And then the 19th Amendment uh, gave women the right to vote, and the 26th Amendment uh, guaranteed that you could have the right to vote as long as you were 18 or older. Um, it used to be that property was the ownership of property was the main determination of whether you could vote. Um, but we decided... 
in part because of the Vietnam War, that if our young men were old enough to go and fight for our country, they were old enough to decide who could run it. So those are just some of the things and some of the decisions that we've made as a country as to what who would have the privilege to vote. And there's many people that have fought for these issues and and really fought hard to get these different provisions in so that we could have the right to vote. So I think just to laugh it off and to say it's not something we should do uh, can be a, a dangerous thought process to go down. Did you have any thoughts about this, Adam? Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's interesting how you said that about how a lot of times it could just kind of be laughed at or kind of can even uh, go over your head a little bit because I think you can get so used to the fact of be, being in a free country where you can vote kind of whenever that sometimes we take it for granted a little bit. And we're living in a day and age now where it's uh, especially getting to the point, like kind of morally, where it's it's really important to vote, you know, especially for uh, for that uh, that right person. But uh, very good facts right there. And I'm glad you weren't the one like me who slept in history class. <laughs> so it's good that uh, you got the facts there. Well, it, it is good to have the facts. And I, I often think about that when people don't vote. It is easy sometimes and even I myself with some of the lesser elections have missed out on my opportunity to do that. But when you step back and think about what people went through to have the right to do it, um, I just think it's important not to take um, advantage, not, not to take it for granted and to in fact take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I want to do with this podcast is we don't want to focus on candidates. Um, I'm going to try um, to not to make any specific endorsements here. Um, I may end up doing so. I've heard other uh, hosts um, do that, and I don't want to shy away from that necessarily. But the biggest thing I want to say, uh, rather than upholding one candidate over another, is just to think about the issues when you go and vote. I think a lot of times elections become popularity contests. If somebody's good-looking, if they can express themselves well, then they're going to get our votes. But we need to think about where they stand in terms of biblical truth. And there's a couple of really hot-button issues for me. One is um, the issue of pro being pro-life and being against the murder of unborn children. Um, I'm not even going to bother just to say abortion. I'm going to say murder because that's what abortion is. And frankly, I wish more politicians would um, talk about it in those terms. God says this about human life. He says to Jeremiah... Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. So God is obviously talking here that he knew Jeremiah before he was born, that birth didn't give Jeremiah personhood. The fact that he was created by God did. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts, Adam? Uh, I, I just, I, I just really, really, really do like that. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's good stuff. Just kind of thinking about it, all processing it right now. Uh, it's, it's very true what you said. And then the, then the other, uh, really big issue for me is marriage. You know, a lot of times people say, well, well, um, Jesus didn't speak out against homosexual marriage. Um, and I, I think sometimes what we want is we want explicitness. You know, sometimes people speak louder in what they don't say than, or, or in what they do say than what they don't say. Jesus never sat down and said, 
that homosexual marriage was wrong using those words. But here's what he said about marriage. Uh, when the Pharisees asked him, he said, it says, And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and the twain shall be one flesh? Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Matthew 19, 4-6. So, he clearly says here that marriage is between one man and one woman. When he was in the Garden of Eden, he gave Eve to Adam, establishing the first marriage and clearly indicating that marriage was between one man and one woman. That's the biblical precedent for marriage and anytime we deviate from that um we're we're wrong quite quite simply stated does that mean that we should be angry and point fingers at every homosexual we know that wants to get married no but we should be able to engage in this debate and be able to say without reservation and hesitation that this is god's way um and like I said, what God does say is more important than what he doesn't. We need to focus on that. Uh, people have done that with the abortion issue, too. They decided in 1973 that they found a right to a woman's privacy in, the, in between the lines of the Constitution. And that allowed the Supreme Court to say that abortion was legal through all nine months of pregnancy uh, in all 50 states because a woman supposedly has the right to privacy even though the founding fathers the first right that they talk about is the right to life mm -hmm. it's the first one they cover and yet we somehow think that because of a woman's right for right to privacy we can just um, allow the murder of unborn children and there's 50 million people that are supposed to be here right now that aren't and so if someone goes against uh, the, the Bible in those two key areas, marriage and in the, the abortion debate, and they're for abortion, they're not going to get my vote. So I think that's what we need to do when we're looking at candidates is we need to be willing to look at the issues and say, how, where do they really stand on these issues? If they've been in politics for a while, what's their record on these issues? Mm -hmm. And then vote accordingly. Not so much about party, although there is one party, the Republican Party, tends to lean more to biblical values than the Democratic Party. So Christians quite often get labeled simply as Republicans because that's where they often vote because the Republicans tend to be more in line with the biblical ethics. But it's not necessarily true. We need to be independent of party as much as possible and more focused on the issues. Well, and, you know, that's very true, too, how, you know, it seems like those issues a lot of times that are very, you know, serious, like what does God mean for marriage, man and woman, abortion, it kind of gets pushed to the side a little bit because of then you have the, the jobs thing in the economy and you start thinking about, okay, how can this uh, candidate get me more money or get me more successful or, or how can I get more of this, this, and this? And those moral issues are so important. Those should be some of the front-runner things you're thinking of when voting for a candidate because it seems like when a country morally starts to kind of decay, 
Uh, it's kind of like the heart inside of you. That's that's the heart of your country or or where you live. Once that starts to fall apart, you kind of notice everything else kind of falls apart a little bit too. And it's such an important thing to remember when when voting for a candidate. Oh, absolutely. You even read in the Bible and some of the economies in the Bible in the Old Testament specifically when Israel got away from the Lord their economy was affected mm-hmm. because their more their morality was not in line with God, and so He allowed their morality or their economy to be affected. And so, to, to those people that are worried about their pocketbook, I just want to say I am too. But I can say this with absolute confidence and sincerity that God is not going to bless a nation economically until they get in line with Him morally. Uh, the Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And clearly, I don't believe in in a social gospel where if you do everything God wants you to do, you'll be rich. But I do believe that God controls the economy and that if we want to be economically blessed, we need to be in a in a morally blessed country, and we're not right now. So what, where does that leave us? That's the next thing I want to talk about as we finish this up. We have a responsibility. Um, so what's our responsibility? For the next minute or so, I just want to talk to the people that kind of say to me, and I've talked to them, they say, my vote doesn't matter. Or they say, I, I don't want to vote. I don't think I have to vote. And so let me address those two issues real quick. First of all, to to the people that say my vote doesn't matter, I've talked to at least 20 people probably that have said that I used to be one of those people myself. (laughs) And so if, if you take those 20 people and then you think about all the people that I haven't talked to that feel that way, don't those numbers start to add up? So that's the first point. And the second point is, um, I know that the world is getting worse and worse. That's, that's prophesied in scripture and it is happening. But I think we as Christians often do our best Without possibly, without possibly meaning to, we do our best to help it along because we just say uh, we don't need to take responsibility for this, but God left us in the world to affect the world. Jesus said this in John chapter 17, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. He's talking about the disciples and his, his other followers. He says, I pray not that you would take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And I take that to mean that we need godly people in every facet of society. We can talk about politics, which is very important because these are the people making uh, policy statements for our country. And if they're, if they're believers, that can be exciting and good things can happen. Uh, but... I mean, we, we, we talk about Christians in sports all the time and how they make positive impacts on their team and other people because of where they are. Mm-hmm. So I think we should view it this, a similar way with politics. As long as we don't get, if, as long as we don't get over, overly obsessed with that issue. Because I, I do believe that you can, but I just want to say to all those people out there that, that fear that for me. If I ever forsake the gospel for the sake of politics, let me know because I don't want to do that. But I will continue to stand firm in my need to be vocal about these issues. And then 
Um, we are to fight for the helpless. The Proverbs say, open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause for the poor and needy. Proverbs 31, verse 9. And one of the ways that I plead the cause of the poor and needy is here on the podcast when I tell you that you need to get out and vote your conscience. I believe that if every person who morally stands with uh, the Bible on these issues got out to vote their morals, then we would see a difference. A lot of people don't like the two candidates that were up for for president. Um, But part of that is our own fault for not getting out in the primary when there were more choices Mm -hmm. and making the choice of who we get to vote for in November. So keep that in mind, too. Um, We can make a difference. Proverbs 29, verse 2 says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. I don't think Solomon would have said that if righteous people weren't supposed to rule. I think he said that because if there's a chance that a righteous person can rule, that's what we should want. And a lot of people in the Bible, they just had to deal with dictatorships. We don't. We have a choice. So we need to do what we can to be involved. That doesn't mean you have to go door to door. doesn't mean you have to do a robocall. I hope uh, that um, you don't get too involved with that. But you can make a difference by voting. You can make a difference by investigating the issues. And if God may call you, you can possibly make a difference running for office. But the important thing is to be involved, to be engaged in the issues, to know what the issues are so that you can be a faithful ambassador for Christ. And again, you don't have to sacrifice the gospel for this to be true. Um, well, that's that's about all I have. Uh, so we'll say goodbye for this week. I just hope that you'll go to your polls on the first Tuesday in November. Thank you very much.